When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. Disco ball not included. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. You got your boy, Freddie Coleman. My man, Chad Brown, in for Harry Douglas. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and not Studio 54 on the ESPN app, Sirius X Channel 80, and as well as telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. I wish people could have seen a look on Chad Brown's face. Hearing that promo that we just played, recounting my sneaking into Studio 54 chat when I was 15 years of age, if we could have this show simulcast on TV, <laughs> the look on your face, if we could have your face next to me narrating it, it would have been worth the price of any kind of viewing, any kind of viewing experience for anybody out there. Oh, well, absolutely, because uh, you know, I was not in, in the New York here. I was in Southern California, but I certainly, me and my friends, we snuck into clubs all the time. Uh-huh. And the ability to understand the back door, how to navigate the switch-offs uh-huh. between bouncers and all that, I became a very skilled slipper-inner okay. um, <laughs> in my <laughs> teenage years. Uh, and I have yet to tell my mom, though. Okay. Marsha Brown does not need to know that. Yeah, but what was the best event you were able to sneak into based on this that you Ooh. cannot tell Mrs. Brown? Ooh, man, what was the best one? Uh-huh. Oh, man, I've, I've been to some clubs in Hollywood uh, that I yeah. would uh, not want to tell my mother about. No <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah, mom does not need to know those stories. I, I prefer to have this innocent image from Marsha Brown to, to reflect upon. His secrets are now safe with us yes. when it comes to Chad Brown. <laughs> By the way, you can join us anytime you want at Freddie Harry Nation. You can do that in the Dr. Pepper call in line. Hit us up at 888-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Don't forget ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season or Freddie and Chad Brown sneaking to clubs all over New York and Los Angeles without the delicious taste and ice cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. You do not need to pay admission, especially when we get things started because we're all about this. The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. Before we get to Statement Sunday in the NFL, the Texas Rangers got to congratulate them, got to give them their flowers. Did not lose a game, Chad, on the road, embarking on their first World Series championship. Corey Seager win his second World Series award. First man to ever do that with two different teams at the same at the same position. They became the third team in baseball history to win the World Series after two seasons of losing 100-plus games. So if you're a Cowboys fan or a Raiders fan or a Knicks fan, at least you can say we have a little hope because the Texas Rangers, if they can go from that dungeon to that fairy tale within two years, there's hope for those franchises that have not won in a long time or who have never won it, like the Cleveland Browns, for example. Well, there's always hope, but it takes like a guy like Corey Seager to make that hope <laughs> into an actual promise. And True. it takes a 10-year, $325 million deal to get that guy to sign with you. So for those <laughs> franchises you just listed, who's going to be that guy who moves the needle the same way that Corey Seager did? Uh-huh. And again, I, I've talked about this a number of times when I've been on this show. I love players who are great, yeah. but I love players who are great in the biggest moments. So if the regular season version of Corey is awesome, what can we say about the playoff version of this guy? Yeah. I- I- incredible, off the charts, off the chain. Where do we go with how he's able to step his game up in the biggest moments? You love when guys do that. 
and they've done it before. He did it with the Dodgers, and now he's doing it barely three years later with the Texas Rangers, being that guy that says, hey, just get on my back. I'll take you across the promised land. Bruce Bochy, who should have been in the Baseball Hall of Fame long before getting that cemented right now, taking another team to World Series championship like he did the San Francisco Giants. But it's always really, really cool when you see guys being able, Chad, to step up in those moments when everybody's got their eyes on them and they know everybody's eyes, just like the Tupac song, all eyes on me. Guys like Corey Seager, they don't run away from the fire. They run to put that fire out. It was, it's always, always get great seeing guys stepping up in those situations, not only winning, but winning a championship the way he was able to lead the way for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, you, you get, uh, what, three home runs, mm-hmm. uh, driving in six runs himself during the five games. Uh, again, uh, it, there's a special gene that some athletes have right. who, who are able literally to be at the tops of their games and then somehow find another one. You know, the volume goes to 10 for most people. They're able to turn up to 11. And even, you know, when I was in the NFL and, and mm-hmm. I thought I had some personal success, I would see guys who would be able to turn it to 11. And I'm like, I- I've given everything I've got. I don't, I don't have another level. How do you do that? And that's what separates the great from the all-time greats. And Corey, with his two MVPs, is now putting himself in that category. And Corey Seager's basically let Dak Prescott know, right, your turn, boss. <laughs> it's your turn <laughs> to step up. Because the massive game this Sunday, the National Football League, Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And that question has become prevalent, Chad, in the last couple of days, maybe even as far back as Monday, how much this is a must-win for the Dallas Cowboys. If they don't win this game, all the things that we believe about them or don't want to believe about them may come to fruition, even though their season won't be over. They'll just be 5-3. and three. But this game has that kind of urgent feel. Not so much Philadelphia, but definitely for the Dallas Cowboys and definitely for their quarterback when it comes to Dak Prescott. Now, is this a uh, must-win? If they don't win, is this this entire season lost? No, it's not. We're still early in the NFL season. So there's an opportunity to turn things around. And we've seen far too many times over the last couple years where a team gets hot at the right time and is able to take off and run with it. So this is not a must-win. But for the Cowboys to build upon what they've done the last two weeks, Mm -hmm. this is a huge win for their psyche because this is a conference – I'm sorry, a division opponent. And your opportunity to – show them here early this season who you are and the direction that your season is going, this would be huge for the Cowboys psyche and I think would be kind of that that launching point for the rest of the season for them. One of the things about the Dallas Cowboys, you play a storied opponent like the Philadelphia Eagles. The best thing, the two best things about this game, number one, it's at 4 o'clock on a Sunday. It's not 1 o'clock. It's not 9.30 in the morning the way we're going to have Chiefs versus the Miami Dolphins playing in Germany. Nothing against Sunday night football. Nothing against Monday night football. But certain games belong in that 4 o'clock window with the kind of history both of these teams are bringing to the table. Cowboys-Eagles on Sunday is that game that has everything that you want at 4 o'clock this way. It's not too early. It's not too late. And Jerry Jones, uh, he knows exactly how playing the Eagles is big time, and he said as much as a Cowboys owner and GM on his own radio show on 105.3 The Fan earlier this week about the Eagles on Tuesday. This is serious that we're dealing with up here, Sunday, man. <laughs> We've got to really uh, have our game face on, and Philadelphia's a tough place to uh, uh, get your momentum going. Yeah, when Jerry Jones is getting in touch with his inner, like when older people try to be hip, it can be good or absolutely painful. This is one of those moments when Jerry's talking about we got to get our ish together. 
when older people try to be young, it is absolutely painful. That's what he was trying to get his message across about what they need to do and have the game face on. He's just talking the talk, but he's not exactly wrong because we've seen the Cowboys not have their ish together in these kind of big moments, whether playing at home in the playoffs or playing on the road in games like this in the regular season. We saw that not too long ago when they got the brakes being off in about the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, the Cowboys have been lacking that big game gene for a little bit here. So now to have this opportunity, uh, that prime time window that you just talked about, we've already been warmed up with a previous game before that. This is we're all comfortably on our couch. Most of us who've got some honeydew list have gotten the honeydew mm-hmm. list. Yeah. You maybe missed the early action, but now you're cemented on that couch, ready to watch. Right. Are the Cowboys for real? Or, mm. or, or are they not? Mm-hmm. And that's literally the, the, the question that most of America will get answered 4 o'clock on Sunday is we'll get, we're going to find out who they are. Yeah. And this is going to be the test. Is it a must win for the Dallas Cowboys, even though it's only game eight for them this season? Let us know. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Let, let us know that. 888-729-3776. say ESPN. Is this a must win game for the Dallas Cowboys, even though we're barely into November? 888-729-3776. Now, the leader of this team is Michael Parsons. That's not disrespecting Jerry Jones as the owner or Dak Prescott as a quarterback. But there's no doubt in my mind, Michael Parsons is the leader of this football team. And when he was on his, because everybody has something to say in Dallas, when he has his Edge podcast, the Edge podcast, he talked about the 49ers bouncing back. And that is something that maybe they're better equipped to do than his own team in Dallas. It's always a rise and a fall in the NFL, right? At one point, you're always going to be on top of the mountain. Football has a funny way of keeping people humble, right? And I'm not saying this is example for San Francisco. Everyone has to deal with these things in the NFL versus his injuries versus his adversity. I mean, I don't even think the Dallas Cowboys could survive three straight losses. It's not so much as it's Purdy because a lot of people are saying it's Purdy. And it's always easy to blend the quarterback because when they were winning, it was always Purdy's the greatest. I just think San Francisco has to turn it around. They're battling adversity. I definitely think the 49ers will bounce back. They're a great team. I don't think we should bury them for their three straight losses. I think the 49ers humbled us, and I just think life humbled them. And it goes like that sometimes. Micah Parsons let it be known that mentally stronger, that's not us compared to the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of guys would have kept that in-house or in their mind. He let it be known. If that happened to us in this city, with that owner, it would have been Innsville for us with the Dallas Cowboys. He actually has a point. So three straight losses for the Dallas Cowboys, the national media attention, the crushing attention in Dallas, the Jerry Jones on his own radio show, all those pieces of the puzzle could be overwhelming for the Dallas Cowboys. But this player <laughs> conversation about your own team, uh-huh. about a team that you could possibly see in the playoffs – you got to understand here, Freddie. That's all new for me. This, uh-huh. I was uh, you say, know, it's new for me, and I didn't play in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's new. For, so I didn't grow up playing AAU basketball, uh-huh. where you have your high school team, and then you have your AAU team. So then you are friends with all the ballers in town. Absolutely. I was before that. So now with these kids who have had these opportunities and played on club teams and done all these different things. They have, they know each other. So this sense of competitive rivalry is gone. Um, the Denver Broncos had a great fullback who lived in my neighborhood when I was a part of the Seattle Seahawks. We had same neighborhood. Our kids went to the same daycare. Mm-hmm. I told them, I can't be friends with you 
until one of us retires. Because <laughs> twice a year, we're going to be trying to bash each other's heads in. So, you know, Howard Griffin, again, great guy. He's part of the Big Ten Network. Absolutely. He does a tremendous job really over there. Good really, really yeah. good dude. Fantastic dude. He, his wife and my wife were very friendly. Our kids played together. But I was like, I can't be friends with you because i got to keep this competitive thing going. So I'm not swapping jerseys after games. I'm not assessing how great other teams are. That's just a different generation of sports. And so for him to do that and have his own podcast, tip of the cap to him. He, I'm sure he'll have a future doing broadcasting when he's done. I'm just from a different generation. We were just built and looked at this thing a little differently. And Shannon Penn, our producer. I did, I did have a question for you guys. When when Micah said as the Cowboys can't afford to lose the three in a row, essentially paraphrasing uh-huh. what he said, Yeah, I, I took it as he was saying because of the scrutiny that this organization gets, exactly. we can't go out here yes. and have the three losses exactly. oh, yeah. like a Sanford. Like, yeah. yeah, they're talking about Purdy, yeah. but yeah. had this been the Cowboys, it would have been the end of the world. Yeah, that's what I said. I, we didn't mishear that from Micah Parsons because he knows who employs him and where he plays. There are certain places that one loss and people ready to jump off a building. There are certain places where if you lose a quarter or if you lose a game down the stretch, it's, oh, my goodness, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. The problem with the Dallas Cowboys, it seems that we hear this all the time. At a certain point, when are you going to deal with adversity and be better for it? You can't give flowers to somebody else saying they can withstand three losses in a row, but we can't. All right, Micah Parsons, I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but what are you going to do about it? Don't. Don't talk about it, be about it. Don't mm. say to everybody what we have believed about your football team. And people, Cowboys fans, get on me all the time. You got to support our team better. You know how you support your team? You tell the damn truth. The damn truth is they're front runners. Michael Parsons just said it. He mm. said, man, we are not the kind of team that any adversity that goes from point one to point two to point three, we won't get to a point four because we're going to be done. But yet I get shaded. When people say, you're just busting on the Cowboys. Now I'm keeping it 100. And you know why? Because their linebacker, their leader kept it 100, saying they, meaning the 49ers, are better equipped to deal with that kind of adversity. That is not the deal with us when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys got four playoff wins in the last 20 years. And so (laughs) while this is not a playoff game, It's a possible playoff opponent. It's a playoff caliber team. Uh So for those Dallas Cowboy fans or even haters of the Dallas Cowboys, as I said earlier, this is going to be show us who you are. Are you for real or are you not? Mm -hmm. You've got four playoff wins. Here's a playoff team in front of you. What do you do when you got a playoff team in front of you? The good news with the Cowboys fans, like yours truly, Freddie Coleman, with Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, the last three games versus Philadelphia – Dak Prescott's a starting quarterback is 3-0, and the Cowboys average over 44 points per game. That won't mean anything if they don't get a chance to come through and win on Sunday. Daniel, in West Virginia, in your opinion, is this a must-win game for the Dallas Cowboys playing Philadelphia on Sunday? What you got to say at 888-729-3776? Yeah, I do feel like it's a must-win just because they have beaten good teams over the last few years but it just feels like they need a signature win from a team that's been to the Super Bowl so their fans feel like they can get to the Super Bowl. Not a not a, a barely win, not a, a turnover at the last second, like a good dominating win. That's a fair point because we haven't seen that kind of performance against a good team or a team that can border on great in recent memory when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to go down the route and say it's a must win for Dallas, but I will say it's a must win for their quarterback. It's a must win for Dak Prescott. You have to show people in games like this, when you got a guy on the other side that's won some big games like Jalen Hurts, a guy that we know with that kind of football team, they can win these kind of games, Chad. 
I'm not going to put it all on the team. I'm going to put it all on the quarterback because I've seen Dak Prescott play extremely well. He's second in the NFL completion percentage, by the way, at 71%. We're not talking about Dak Prescott having that kind of what, what, what's going on seasons. But in a game like this, I want to see if that Dak Prescott that I've seen before winning big games can do it again. That's why I think it's a must win more for him, Chad, than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'm with you. You know, Dak was able to kind of silence some of the fire that was getting rolling around him last week with that four touchdown, one interception performance against the Rams. But again, it's the Rams. Now mm-hmm. show me you can do that against, again, a playoff team, a playoff caliber team, a team everyone expects to have a deep playoff run. Show me what you are against that. Don't pad your stats in these other games. Not saying that Dak Prescott is going out and trying to pad his stats. Right. But it's while it's impressive and it looks great on paper, again, if we're going to go back to the previous conversation about the World Series and Corey Seager mm-hmm. and stepping up in the biggest moments, I think that's what Cowboy fans want from Dak Prescott. Yeah, I've seen you do it against – Average teams and okay teams, but show me what you can do against a playoff level opponent. Play your best in the biggest moments and give us that confidence that you can continue that into the playoffs. Mike in Texas, is this a must? Is this a must win for the Cowboys? They play in Philadelphia versus the Eagles on Sunday. What you got, Mike? No, I don't think uh, uh, it's a must win, and mainly because first of all, Micah, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't think they've lost three games since he's in a row since he's been there, and I think his point is more that. The media and the, everybody would freak out. My other point is, is I think even if they beat Philadelphia, nobody's going to believe anything about Dallas until Dallas wins in the playoffs. And I'm a hardcore Dallas Cowboy fan. But nothing they do, if they beat somebody, it's going to be, well, it's the Rams or it's whoever. Even if they beat Philadelphia, it's going to be, well, let's see them do it in the playoffs. I don't think it's a, it's a lose-lose until it gets to the playoffs. That's a great point, Mike, in Texas, because think about this and – I keep bringing this up. When you have been a championship-less organization since 1996, people know what you've been able to do in the playoffs. You haven't done it in the playoffs. The last couple of years, the Cowboys in the regular season, they're 24-10. and 10. They've won 12 games in each of the last two regular seasons. And people are like, yeah, but then you fell apart against the 49ers at home. Then you fell apart against the 49ers again on the road, even though the week before they put on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of people didn't even think the Cowboys were going to win that game. They didn't think they could go down to Tampa Bay, even though they were clearly better than that team, because Tom Brady was on the other side. So people were stunned the way that Dak Prescott played in that game, and then they reverted back to what people believe about the Cowboys in the playoffs, Chad, by not winning in those kind of games. So Mike in Texas is spot on. Yeah, we've seen you do this before. Win 11 games, win 12 games, win 13 games. But until you do it in the playoffs to what we're used to seeing way back when, that's where the believability quotient is going to be very low when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I think Mike in Texas has a, has a great point, but if I think from a national media perspective, the Cowboys find a way to win this game, then the conversation shifts, and it shifts to a more positive tone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's always going to be a love-hate relationship with the Cowboys nationally. Yeah. But they have a chance to shift the narrative into the love column, at least for the next week or so, right. if they were to get this win. So Cowboy fans, deep Cowboy fans, are still going to be like, okay, that mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. Now show it to me in the playoffs. Right. The national media is going to be like, oh, my gosh, the Cowboys are the best team in football now. Yeah, so, They've absolutely. supplanted the Eagles in the, in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Here we go, Cowboys Super Bowl. So all that conversation changes because this – organization draws so many eyeballs and so many ears with just its dominance of the national football conversation. Ryan in Florida, is Sunday a must-win for the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to play the Eagles in Philadelphia? Guys, yeah, thanks for taking the call. It is a must, must, must win for the Cowboys. I'm a diehard Eagles fan. 
and maybe because Dallas hasn't been relevant for 28 years, you could have a take like Mike does and some of you guys do. Oh, this game might not be a must. If they lose this game, not only will they fall two, three games behind the Eagles, they will eventually lose the, any tiebreaker chance with them. Reason being is if the Cowboys beat the Eagles later on in the year, they'll both split. The Eagles are going to beat the Giants. They will be 5-1 and one in that division. The next thing is going to be NFC record. They will have three NFC losses. The Eagles will have none. So they will lose that. If you want to be a wild card team, great. You're going to have the same result. Dallas needs to be fighting for a one seed. Jalen Hurts in his last 26 regular season games is 24-2. and two. You brought up a stat with Dak, which was a ridiculous stat against the Eagles. It means nothing. He beat Gardner Minshew last game, who had four turnovers, still barely beat the Eagles. The game prior to that, he scored 51 points on an Eagles team that sat the entire team because they had benched all of their players because they had clinched the division. So he hasn't beaten, outside of Jalen Hurts' rookie year, I think it was, this style of an Eagles team. Well, put it this way. I'm not going to disagree with you on what you just said in terms of those stats. But to me, it's ridiculous that the Cowboys have not been relevant the last 28 years. You want to say not relevant winning a championship? Yes. Not relevant? Go look at the top 10 televised games last year and see how many games the Cowboys were in that people watched. They are always going to be relevant. Maybe not championship relevant. There's no maybe. Not championship relevant the last 28 years, Chad. But to say they're not relevant, that's just silly to say as far as I'm concerned. I, I'm with you. The, the Cowboys are always going to be part of the, the, the conversation. So, yes, relevancy as far as the best team in football is a different category than relevant to the conversation, and the Cowboys are always going to be in it. So, ah, he's got a great point, mm-hmm. Ryan in Florida does. Absolutely, uh, about and, with and those I, stats. I, I, sure. I like the way he said it with his chest. You yeah. know, hey, yeah. You know, be loud and proud. Say it with your chest. Yeah. Those, those wins are uh, a little bit of a, of a facade, as he pointed out there. But, no, they're, they're always going to be yeah. relevant because it's the Dallas Cowboys. No doubt. Had to knock him back in his chest when he tried to say he hasn't been relevant in the last 20 years. Ryan, you know better than that. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. And what player said this about a game about the play this weekend? It doesn't really matter where we play at. I mean, obviously, it would have been great to play in KC. But it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They're going to get this work wherever, though. We'll talk about that work after I give you this from Vivid Seats. If you have not been to an NFL game yet this year, well, what the heck are you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle. Watch every touchdown. Feel every play live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for fans like us. That's why they offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, and more. So do yourself a favor. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today and say it with your chest. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker, yours to play ESPN radio. I've never minded when players run their mouth. If you got game to back up your name and you want a fat mouth, you want to be mouth almighty, tongue everlasting, sympathetic, I could not more be. That brings us to Tyree Kill and Miami Dolphins. About to play his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs, that kicks off Statement Sunday in the NFL, part of the Germany games at 9.30 Eastern time. Catch that game on the NFL Network. Tyree Kill, talk about saying it with your chest and your legs and your Tyreek. He says, hey, KC, get ready. It doesn't really matter where we play at. I mean, obviously, it would have been great to play in KC, but it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They're going to get this work wherever, though. We feel you, Tyreek. You better hope that Chiefs defense doesn't feel you because if they do, it's going to be a long afternoon, long early morning. But Tyreek's like, look, I got my quarterback. I got my team. I got this offense. He believes it's time to work it out against his former team. There is no more difficult to defend player in the NFL than Tyreek Hill. Uh, there may be guys who have more explosive games. A.J. Brown uh, with, with the Eagles certainly mm-hmm. has run a string of games together. But Tyreek Hill and the difficulty of defending him and the way you have to schematically defend him uh, makes life just so difficult for teams defensively. Um, so, yeah, he is going to have a big influence on this game uh, Sunday morning. And uh, a inspired Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. would have to give me concerns if I am – the Chiefs secondary, if I'm Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator out there in KC, this guy's wanting – he's coming to this game with something to prove and a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always found the best coaches find a way to take advantage of that and put together a little package for you that will allow you to, to be kind of the primary target on a certain play or give you the ball a little bit more extra to mm-hmm. get you going and allow your juice to carry over to the rest of your teammates. So the Chiefs have to be very wary, particularly early, about some big plays to Tyreek to get that whole Dolphin sideline going. Outside of the quarterback position, in my opinion, especially this year, he's the most indefensible player in the National Football League when it comes to Tyreek Hill. No matter what you seem to try to do, he can outrun your solutions. (laughs) His problems outrun your solutions. I don't care if it's a short pass. I don't care if it's a deep route. I don't care if it's a middle route. His speed is is so prevalent that you can't you can't simulate that in practice unless you have somebody on a motorcycle and even then you're still not catching motorcycle not like you're not catching Tyree Kill on Sundays so you're a guy to play in the NFL for 15 years as a defender if you had to devise a defense for a guy like that 
with that kind of speed and agility and quick starts, quick stops, and he can get back to breakneck speed just like that, how would you defend Tyreek Hill, Chad? To your point, it's almost impossible because you want to develop a game plan and give your guys confidence based on practice reps. And what do we do in practice to simulate that? Now, you can on if a guy is going to run a, a – a nine route, it's just a straight down the field route. You can have that receiver on the scout team line up five yards past the line of scrimmage to try to simulate <laughs> how quickly this guy is going to get on top of you. But that doesn't do anything to deal with the stop and start routes, the crossing routes, his ability to change direction. So these guys, they can kind of work on a picture, right. but they can't get the complete picture. And they can have guys in that Chiefs locker room tell them what it's going to be like and how fast this guy is. But there's a there's a certain arrogance among football players okay. you tell them how fast somebody is you go right. i've seen fast before nah dog you haven't not quite like this there are some people who are just outliers larry allen was the biggest strongest person i've ever faced on a football field no one else was even close okay. tyree kill is that same as a wide receiver no one else is even close to that ability to start to stop to move as quickly as he does it's impossible to replicate in practice to answer your question Outside of saying something very basic like I'd have a safety over the top all the time, that's about all you can do because Mike McDaniels is a pretty smart coach. And there's a reason why that speed motion thing really works out for the Dolphins because it takes away your ability to do double teams and to know before the ball is snapped who's going to be responsible for Tyreek. They try to make that very difficult to do with all the motions and changes they do before the snap of the football. Chad Brown here for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Two things about what you just said about Tyreek Hill. Number one, TV dilutes how fast and how big and how strong guys are in the NFL. I tell people all the time, you want to get a pretty good idea what the NFL looks like, find a way to get passes to watch a game from field level. It'll blow your damn mind how guys are that fast or guys are that big or guys are that strong. I'll never forget, I go to a football game with a buddy of mine. He had been waiting to see a football game, and I got I was able to get field passes for the Jets and Giants in a preseason game. He didn't care. He's a Giants fan or a Jets fan. He wanted to just go down there and see the game from field level. Chad, midway through the first quarter, he taps me on my shoulder. He goes, man, we got to get out of here. I go, what's wrong? You okay? I, I thought maybe he had to go to the bathroom. He wasn't feeling well. Maybe he had bad pizza before he got there, whatever it was. He goes, this game is moving way too fast, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've been frozen in my steps because I can't believe how fast this game is. Mm. And I said, why would you not think this game wasn't fast? He goes, I've watched way too much of this on TV, and it does not compute in my mind right now how fast these guys are. I said, this is preseason. In the NFL, in the regular season, this is Mach 1. In the NFL, in the regular season, that's Mach 10. And, it, and, he, and his eyes got wide. He couldn't believe the game was that fast in preseason. Imagine Tyreek Hill. You see him on TV. And field level, it's like he's a blur right before your eyes. You've got a chance to watch an NFL game at field level. My wife, I don't think there'd be a more invested person in my career than my than my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a you know, just a cheerleader perspective, from a hey, this is where the money comes from perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, she loves me as well. It was right. invested in my success on the football field. So she watched me every single game, every single play, uh-huh. as invested as a viewer as you could possibly be. So she understands football. She can have football conversations well past the level of most of my friends, non football playing friends, because she's that invested. Right. The first time I had her down on the field level, I was doing some sideline work for the Colorado Buffaloes broadcast, and I brought her down onto the field level with me. Uh-huh. She could not believe. She turned to me. and was like, this is what you did? Uh-huh. I was like, yes. This is what I did for 15 <laughs> years. Can you believe that? 
It's like it's crazy, right? <laughs> I had no idea they were. The, yes, they are this big and they are that fast. And we were watching a college football game. Right. So uh, to, to take her on the, a sideline of an NFL game, I'm sure would just have blown her mind even further. So that's the, the 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 real visceral difference when you are that close to the action versus the TV action. And again, it's impossible for that camera to translate how fast and literally zippy of yep. a player Tyreek Hill is on the football field. Maybe the best defense of Tyreek Hill is that you got outscored the Miami Dolphins, and that has been a problem lately for the Kansas City Chiefs. Check out Andy Reid, their head coach, had to say. More consistent. That's what we need. You know, we've got some good things that we're doing, putting up a lot of yards, but getting into the end zone becomes important, not turning the ball over, the basic fundamentals. We've got to take care of that. It's my responsibility to get that done. We're working on it. We'll try to get ourselves better this week. That may be the best way to slow down Tyreek Hill, have your offense outscore him. If he has a massive game, then if you're Patrick Mahomes and those guys who were dropping balls all over the place last week and Travis Kelsey was kept under wraps and Patrick Mahomes didn't feel well because he had the flu, everybody needs to be as right as rain because you can't expect your defense as well as they played to stop at that offense and stop Tyreek Hill, who has that mission to show them, you should have paid me more money to stay here. This way I'm not trying to give you that work on Sunday. It's not so much that the Chiefs have a wide receiver problem, in my opinion, Chad. We know that. They can't have a scoring problem on Sunday in Germany when they play the Miami Dolphins. That may be their best defense. They got to outscore that team on the other side. I think Andy Reid recognizes that this is going to be a game plan game. It's not going to be we're going to shut these guys down. We have to outscore them. We have to outshoot them, literally. So the way the game is called from the very beginning should reflect that from an Andy Reid perspective. Now, to his point, uh, we just heard that sound clip from uh, bite from Andy Reid. They can't have – essentially they had six turnovers against yeah. the Denver Broncos. They had the, the five turnovers, and they had one fourth down stop, which is like a turnover as well. No doubt. So the six turnovers were massive in that game. But even within that – they were within striking distance against the Denver Broncos, but uh, Patrick Mahomes can't help it if Sky Moore drops a touchdown pass without a Bronco defender within five yards of him. They have to find a way to play more consistent and play smarter with the turnovers, with the drop passes, if they're going to be able to outshoot and outcompete the Miami Dolphins because they're not going to shut this off this Dolphins offense down. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, the way he plays with Miami, that may not set up well for the Kansas City Chiefs defense, part of Statement Sunday in the NFL. Another player may be part of Statement Sunday, and his game may not set up well for him. We're going to get to that in 20 minutes here on Freddie and Harry. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. But in the NBA, LeBron James had his takeover. James Harden is about half his L.A. takeover joining the Clippers. Which Clippers player could be the most affected by that Harden takeover when he is in uniform starting on Monday? We'll get to that next. You keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. The LeBron James takeover continues. Minutes restriction, ah, he played 42 minutes last night. The Lakers broke that 11-game losing streak against the Clippers. He had 35 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. Clippers lose at 130-125. But, Chad, nobody's talking about that in L.A. It's another L.A. takeover that has everybody's attention. James Harden, all intents and purposes, and seems to be a council that he's going to start playing for the Clippers next week, Monday, when they take on the New York Knicks. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. What is your new teammate going to bring to you? Great additions. Obviously, James is superstar, proven that year after year. Another playmaker, another scorer, leader. You know, really happy to have him here. It's going to be sacrifice. You know, it's only one basketball. Yeah, we just got to figure it out from there. I think we all are old enough to understand uh, what we want to do here. Yeah, we'll see what happens. If that's not a message to James Harden <laughs> from Kawhi Leonard, who basically said, yeah, I know what Paul said. I know Paul's happy to have you here, but I'm only going to be happy to have you here if you realize there's five of us and there's only one basketball, and you can't be holding that basketball and keep it to yourself all the time. Wow, to call shots in the introductory kind of press conference there. I see you, Kawhi. I, I, hey, you got to let everybody know the, the board man got to eat, as Kawhi likes to say, and he, he needs the rock in order to eat. And, mm-hmm. oh, man. I just don't know how this possibly plays out well for the Clippers. I, I, I keep running through scenarios in my mind. Number one, number number one, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George need to be healthy for the Clippers to be successful. Absolutely. So this James Harden piece is secondarily to me to the health of those two guys because if those two guys are healthy, yeah. then they are a possible championship team. And then the James Harden question becomes, does he – allow himself to be a great teammate and not screw this whole thing up that's secondary to those two guys being healthy if they can get the first mm-hmm. part of it the health yeah. then the james harden question comes into play um i guess we'll see how the early returns are the first couple of games with him can he pass the ball can he share the ball can he be a good teammate 
typically, you know, with these guys, there comes that honeymoon phase when they come in the locker room and everything's great. Oh, yeah. And then at some point where along the way uh-huh. we aren't old enough to Kawhi Leonard's point, <laughs> and our childish instincts begin to take over, and we've seen this far too often with James Harden in that locker room and on the court. He answered my question when Kawhi Leonard said, It's going to be sacrifice. You know, it's only one basketball. Yeah, we just got to figure it out from there. I think we all are old enough to understand um, what we want to do here. Yeah, we'll see what happens. He answered my question, which Clippers play will be affected most by this trade? Kawhi said, it ain't going to be me. <laughs> I'm letting you know right now. It, I think it's going to affect Paul George the most because you need that Robin to the Batman, and is that guy going to be Paul George or James Harden? Russell Westbrook has found his niche with this team. Energize a guy, making plays other people, always plays hard. Kawhi Leonard knows I, I'm, I'm, I'm the one driving this bus. It ain't going to be anybody else, and everybody knows that. But to me, Chad, the one that's going to be affected the most by James Harden in that trade is going to be Paul George because now – he used to be relied on to be that second option. If James Harden is holding that basketball and pounding that ball into the gym, into the gym floor all the time, that's really going to affect a guy like Paul George who does the same thing as an efficient player for the Los Angeles Clippers. You can't have – you need to have help, healthy competition on a team. If you get a sack, then I want to get two sacks. If you get 10 tackles, then I want to get 12. If that mm-hmm. guy scores a touchdown, I need to score two. I think there's a, there's a competitive way where you can do that, but you can't allow this competitive situation to get out of control where guys are vying for right. the number two spot and then doing things not to make the team better or to you know play a great individual game, but to steal that spot from somebody else, uh-huh. that's what you can't have. And because of James Harden's track record, because we've seen this happen in, you know, in, the, in the NBA for far too many times, this now becomes a legitimate question for how this Clippers season is going to go. Uh, I, I think Kawhi is going to do his best, best to rise above all that. Mm-hmm. But to your point, there is an opportunity for this number two spot to be taken over by James Harden. And hopefully he's not walking in the door thinking that oh. that spot is mine. Because yeah. then this already sets this thing off in a very negative direction. Yeah, because on the other side of that, by the way, Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas, joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. On the other side of that, you got the Boston Celtics. Christos Porzingis did not come and saying, I'm going to need to be in the same level Jalen Brown behind Jason Tatum. He was like, how can I fit in to get in? So far, so good. I mean, they put up a buck 55 last night, won by that game by 51 points against the Indiana Pacers. Second most points in franchise history. And Christos Porzingis was like, oh, you guys are running hot? Let me facilitate. Let me facilitate. Let me, let me protect the rim. And then it was his turn. They said, oh, let's get the ball to Christos. And he was able to make it work. That's what the Clippers need to have happen. You can't have Chris Stouts for Zingas going in and saying, I'm on the same level with Jalen Brown or Jason Tam. He's like, what can I do to make you guys better? Because you guys are better, I'm going to be better. I'm with you. I want to see how that's going to work. As physical Kawhi Leonard said, everybody's going to have to sacrifice. Remember, it's only one ball, and I better get it more than anybody else. I'm, if I were Kawhi Leonard, I would print that answer up and tape it in my locker and every once in a while I would point to it when people walk by my locker you see that I meant that when I said that y'all that wasn't just empty words to fill a you know a sound but I was actually expressing my real true thoughts so when you guys walk past my locker make sure you read that every single time believe me he won't have to say anything they walk by the lot he's just gonna point up yeah read it and keep going read it and keep going especially a certain new teammate in James Harden, when it comes to Statement Sunday in the National Football League, what are the best bets to put money in your pocket by Monday? We'll talk about that next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. 
You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.